What's up, y'all? This is JLP, the host of Master and Single Podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode. I pray that you and your loved ones are doing well. I pray that you had a wonderful week, and I'm praying that this weekend would be restful for you, that this weekend would be a weekend where you would truly experience the peace of God as you just prepare yourself to finish this month of August strong with victory and to transition into the new month of September, which is not that far away, y'all. September is next Thursday. Speaking of closing the month of August with victory, I wanted to go ahead and invite you guys to join me tomorrow night on Brother Luja Banat's YouTube channel. I'll be ministering a word there tomorrow night. And truly, I would love for you guys to be there. This word, I believe that the Holy Spirit will encourage you through this word to make sure that you are renewed in your faith, renewed in your hope and expectation to finish this year of 2022 strong and to really have an amazing month of September that is quickly approaching us. Now, y'all, without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Thank you so much for those of you who have been joining us every Friday this summer. As you all know, we have been focusing on talking about topics on, again, dating, relationships, marriage, you know, love and so forth, and the misconceptions concerning some of these these topics. And tonight, I want to focus on uh, the topic of marriage. And yes, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. So I'm going to focus when it comes to what the Bible has to say um, concerning marriage, or at least uh, what the Bible deems to be a healthy marriage. And this, y'all, this is going to be for my married folks. But even if you're not married and you're a single, this is a must-listen-to episode. Because as you all may know, I've said this before, none of us, you know, came out of the womb uh, being in a relationship or being married. Everybody came to this earth as a single. And honestly, y'all, as you can see in the book of Genesis, Adam was here, right, on the earth before Eve came into the picture. What does that imply to us today? Well, that tells us that there has to be a period of time in your life right there has to be a phase in your life where you had to embrace singlehood singlehood um, comes before marriage but oftentimes in our society and oftentimes even when um, it comes to people that are in my age group or even you know younger than me um, we like to go ahead and rush to the relationship stage as if singlehood is boring, but singlehood uh, is not where it's at. Singlehood is just like a waste of time. Let me just go ahead and you know get to the party, right? Which is being in a relationship or marriage. But when you look at the Bible, you know, Adam being the first man, being the first human on earth, he had a period of singlehood where it was just him and God. It was just him and God in the Garden of Eden. And it was it was Adam just you know embracing uh, that fellowship that he had with the Father before Eve even came to the picture, and we recognize even in Scripture it was God who wanted for Adam to be connected uh, with Eve, you know, and so Adam was not necessarily in a rush uh, to be in a relationship. Uh, with with the opposite sex to be in a rush to be married because again he didn't even have uh, the idea of marriage he didn't he didn't even know what marriage was until God introduced to Adam his wife Eve now on tonight's episode I really want to focus on um, the picture of a healthy marriage from a biblical point of view you know in our culture in today's society 
if you guys are keeping up even with uh, the news or social media, you will notice that there's an increase of divorces, right? There's an increase of just people just not wanting to stay together. And um, it is not only just due to, again, unfortunately, we understand that some people have separations and divorces due to abuse, right? Due to especially uh, physical abuse and as well as um, due to infidelity. But I don't know about you guys, but I also began to um, observe that people nowadays are separating and getting divorces for things that are not even uh, um, comes to being abused in the relationship is not even um, when it comes to infidelity but now you see a lot of people are starting to separate from their relationships and get divorces due to honestly y'all it's due to selfishness and it's due to pride and it's just due to not wanting to stay committed within that current uh relationship and marriage it seems like people reach a period of time within that relationship where they just get tired of it, where it just became boring to them. It just became, became stale to them, right? But in the Bible, it shows us that marriage in of itself was going to be a lifetime commitment. And even Jesus showed us in the word that uh, the only exception for divorce would be um, infidelity or unfaithful unfaithfulness I say too as well because I'm the type of person um, when it comes to infidelity I'm not even just looking at it when it comes to um, cheating or like the physical act of unfaithfulness but even when uh, you see that person be begins to break uh, their marital vows okay so the marital vows is not just saying you know um, for example death to what's part it's not just saying, okay, when that person dies, I'm no longer bound to that person. But it's saying in sickness and in health, right? And so God expects for the husband and wife to be faithful to each other in sickness and in health. What does that mean? That means, God forbid, the wife gets sick, the husband has to be there for the wife during that difficult season. Right, and what does it mean? It's, it means the same as well for the husband. The husband can say the wife has to be there for the husband in that period of time, in that particular season. But unfortunately, in the time that we're living in, there are some people who break even that vow within their marriage as soon as their partner, God forbid, um, received this bad report of a of an illness, right? And they're like, yo. Deuces, right? I'm out of here. I'm not gonna stay here. You know, I need to live my life. I need, I need to do what's good for me, what's right for me. It was good knowing you, right? And it's the same for the man. It seems as if uh, when they notice that you know their wife is getting is getting older, right? And and, and she she you know she she's not a, a young woman anymore. Maybe there are certain features about her that begins to change because again her age. It's progressive and he's like you know what I can't be with you because you, I'm starting to feel unattracted to you you know let me just go ahead and just bounce up out of here and let me go ahead and get a young woman to start my life with over again and do you guys see what I'm saying here like it's not just about death do us part but there are particular vows within that marriage right that you have to uphold you have to uphold that you know it says for rich or for poor and so there are going to be seasons within a marriage where 
you as a couple, perhaps the finances are not perfect or the finances are not the way that you would like for them to be. But what are you going to do about that? Just because the finances are not like the way you would like for them to be, excuse me, are you just going to go ahead and just leave your partner and allow your partner to just deal with that situation on their own? No. And now, my friends, this is where I want to go again with this. This is where I'm heading with this. So this is, again, y'all, the purpose of marriage. And this as well paints a, a healthy picture of marriage from a biblical perspective. Marriage, y'all, was never for us uh, to be in for the sake of self, but marriage was always for us to be in it in order for us to pour into each other, in order for us to be selfless with one another. Marriage is always about building the other person up, making sure that you are exemplifying Christ to that individual and they too are exemplifying Christ to you. Now, before I continue with this episode, really before I go into the meat of, of this message, I want to go ahead as well and read this um, entry from my latest book, Master in Singlehood, 90-Day Devotional, Whole and Single, The Key to Healthy Relationships. Again, I thank you for those of you who already grabbed your copy. If you have not grabbed your copy yet, I strongly recommend you to do so. I believe God is able to speak to you through this book, whether you are single, whether you are in a relationship. Whether you are dating or whether you are married, honestly, y'all, whatever is written in this book, it was truly inspired by the Holy Spirit and just him just leading me to the scriptures to really be able to write uh, these insights for you in order to help you as well as a single or a married individual um, for the glory of the Lord. And I'm not sure if I shared it already, if I read this entire entry on a previous episode, but for the sake of tonight's episode, um, I truly believe it will be beneficial for me to go ahead and read it to y'all. And we're just going to continue to dialogue some more um, concerning uh, the topic tonight really is us just focusing on marriage and just showing you the picture of a healthy marriage based on scripture. And what can you do, right? If you are a married couple, what can you do to maintain a healthy uh, marriage? Amen. And so this is coming from my uh, devotional. Um, and the title of the entry is Why You Shouldn't Marry for Love. All right. So it starts like this. Y'all. Paul says in Ephesians 5 verse 33, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. From this scripture, we see how we love others. From this scripture, excuse me, we see how the way we love others says whether we love ourselves. The implication in this text is not that they disliked or hated themselves, which is why Paul urges husband and wife to love their spouse as themselves. The truth in this biblical passage echoes that we love others because we love ourselves. It's not because we need to be loved by them. I'm going to pause right there. I need to repeat that, that particular statement right there. The truth in this biblical passage echoes that we love others because we love ourselves. We love others because we love ourselves. You will not be able to love other people correctly if you do not love yourselves pretty much, right? And so let me continue with the entry. It's not because we need to be loved by them. People respect and treat others right due to the overflow of love for their maker and themselves. 
if one marries for love, they don't have it in them. What do I mean by that? Why did I write that? If one marries for love, it means they don't have it in them. Now, y'all, let's let's just talk about what do we see, especially when it comes to pop culture, when it comes to the entertainment industry, uh, when it comes to you know celebrities and all of that. You will often find people when they're wanting to go into a relationship. What is one of the first things that you will hear people say? They will always say, "Well, I desire, uh, I desire love, right?" Or they'll be like, "Well, I, you know, I love the feeling of love, <laughs> you know." And so basically, what they're saying is that they want to marry for love, right? They desire love, and so forth. But you don't necessarily hear people saying they want to marry to love. And the danger to that is that when we go ahead and have that mentality that we want to just marry uh, for love, just to experience love in, in, in a type of, um, how can I say this, but like in a type of romantic uh, way where we see them showing it to us in the Hallmark movies or whatnot, you're going to set yourself for something that is not even real. You're going to set yourself up for something that you won't be able to sustain because as we've said before numerous times in several episodes that love is more than a feeling love is even more than an attraction love is an action right love is as well as a lifestyle love is not just something that you do one day but love is a continual process right love is a continual process so when you are in a relationship or when you are in a marriage love does not and it began during the I do right at the wedding, but the, your I do is continual throughout your lifetime with your partner. But sadly, what we're starting to see in our culture and society is that many people, once they don't feel in love or once they don't feel the attraction that they initially have for their partner, guess what? They claim to say that they're out, they're out of love. They're not in love anymore. They fell out of love, right? And they don't love their partner anymore. And because of that, they feel like as if they're going to find love again in a different individual. They're going to find love again by getting married a second time. But we see based on statistics, uh, once someone gets out of a relationship, especially when it comes to the context of marriage, once that person separates from a marriage or get a divorce, they're not that likely to have a successful marriage the second round or the third time either. And so it's very important for us to understand this at our core, that we should not be marrying for love, but we should marry to love. And the reason why I'm saying it in this way, it is not to say that having the desire, uh, having the desire for marriage or having the desire uh, for partnership is wrong in itself. It's not wrong at all because even God again says, you know, it is not good for men to be alone. So relationship is important, right? Even community is important. But, however, we have to keep in mind that, you know, if indeed we go ahead and marry for love, there is, there is, a, there is a percent, right, or there is a chance that that thing, right, that marriage or that relationship will not be able to sustain, be sustained, excuse me. Because again, it's like, you're gonna be so caught up in love being just a feeling and love being just uh, a happiness, right? Just somebody to make you happy, just somebody to make you feel, if you're a woman who's listening to this episode, just somebody to make you feel beautiful, right? And desirable and stuff like that. 
And so we have to understand that we shouldn't marry for love, but we should marry to love. Because my friends, when you marry to love, then you recognize and understand that you are willing to be selfless within that context of marriage. You're willing to be selfless in order to be less and help and love this individual that you're about to bond yourself to. Because marriage is a bond, y'all. Marriage is a bond. Speaking of bond, I want to go ahead and just read a couple of scriptures tonight that really goes hand in hand with what it is that I'm discussing. And as a matter of fact, these scriptures are the foundational scriptures to this episode. And I want to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and start with John 15 verse 4. John 15 verse 4 to um, verse 13. And I'm going to really just reflect upon these scriptures with you. And we're going to continue to talk some more on what the Bible shows as being a healthy marriage. And so John 15 verse 4, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Uh, Verse 9. Um, as if, excuse me, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. All right, remain in my love. I'm gonna pause right there. I want you guys to just go ahead and highlight for me uh, verse four. And I also want you to go ahead and highlight for me um, verse nine as well. Now, let me continue to verse 10. So verse 10 says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Go ahead, please highlight verse 10 as well. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And let's just go ahead and pause right there. All right, so there's a couple of scriptures within that passage, right? John 15, uh, verse 4 to 11, that I really want you to focus on. I want you to focus on um, verse 4. I want you to focus on verse 5. I want you to focus on as well um, verse 9 to 11. And I want us to just pause right here and just talk about verse 4. So verse 4, again, Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. If, if it must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, I understand clearly this is Jesus speaking to us as his, his body, right? His bride, the church, his disciples. Jesus is letting us know that we must remain in him in order for us to bear good fruits. And mostly those type of fruits that Jesus is talking about is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And as well as when it comes to the uh, calling or the purpose that he has placed upon our lives for us to bear good fruits and exercising or walking in the fullness of the purpose and the calling he has for our lives. But for the sake of this episode, 
um, the Holy Spirit truly brought this to my mind here in the context of marriage as well. You see, Christ, he is the head of the church. The Bible lets us know that Christ is our husband as the church, right? We are the bride. He is our husband, right? Because again, he is our head. We are his body. And so even when it comes to the context of marriage between a husband and a wife, it's so important for you to recognize and realize that you are you, you are the rib of your husband and he too is your rib as well. And once you enter that marriage covenant, once you are in this marriage, guess what? You become one. You become one. Okay? And so when you recognize, when you remain in your husband and he remains in you, meaning when you have dedicated your life, right, in this marriage partnership, to want to better this person and they to want to better you. Guess what? You both will bear fruits within this marriage. This marriage will be fruitful. This marriage will not be barren. And speaking of which, let's just quickly go ahead and uh, read Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 22 to 24. I want you to see as well, what do I mean by that? Okay? And so Genesis 2, chapter 22, Genesis 2, verses 22 to 24, uh, this is what it says. It says, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. When we go back now to John 15, verse 4, this is pretty much as well what Jesus was saying here in this particular verse. Jesus recognized that we only are able to bear fruit when we are united with him, when we remain in him. And the only way we can, as believers, remain in Jesus is by, again, being obedient to his Holy Spirit. But as well, we draw near to him each day and we do this by continuously uh, uh, picking up our cross and following him, denying ourselves, denying our flesh, and recognizing that our life belongs to him and letting him know that we have truly chosen to be a living sacrifice because we want uh, to be united with him. We want to remain in him. And now if you are a married couple listening to this episode, the same should be for you. When you are in a marriage, you must remain in your wife. What does that mean? That means what she cares about, you should care about. When, when you are in a marriage, especially for the married woman, the same as what applies to you. When you are in a marriage, whatever your husband cares about, you should care about. You guys are a team. This is a partnership. And the only way that the marriage will be able to flourish and, and it will be able to thrive it's for that marriage to be fruitful. But the only way for that marriage to be fruitful is only if you are completely invested in that well-being of that individual, meaning the well-being of your partner. Amen? And so you too, as a wife or husband, you have to become a master when it comes to your wife's needs. And not just her needs in a physical way, but her needs when it comes to uh, her her spiritual walk as well with the Lord. You have to be her number one supporter when it comes to that. When it comes to as well her health, you have to be her number one supporter when it comes to that. When you are showing her that you're supporting her in every, you know, in every area of her life, 
not only that will help her produce good fruits in those areas of her life but that too will help you guys grow in this covenant uh, of marriage that too will help you guys to bear fruit within this marriage and you will begin to reflect more and more the love that Christ has for his church. Now, the problem is, y'all, many times you see Mary began to dissolve is because, again, the husband and the wife has lost sight of remaining within each other. They have lost sight of each other's uh, needs. They have lost sight of each other's dreams. And they have lost sight of being their partner's greatest supporter. They have lost sight of, again, wanting that person to be the best uh, version of themselves, reaching their ultimate potential. Now, I'm not saying for anybody who's listening to this podcast episode to marry potential, but what I am saying is that once you enter a relationship, you should be as well someone that is helping your partner to go from glory to glory. We understand the process of sanctification. Sanctification is a Holy Spirit's job, but at the end of the day as well, you being the husband or wife, it is to your job and responsibility to make sure that you are drawing this person, which is your partner, uh, closer to their best self. <laughs> closer to their best self. Amen. And so this is so interesting. You know, this this image of marriage is not really quite publicized, publicized, excuse me, in pop culture, in the entertainment world. Uh, the image of marriage that you see time and time again being publicized in the entertainment world is just a marriage about looks, right? And appeal and attraction. But it's not necessarily highlighting to us two people being united and two people helping the other to be their very best holistically right not just be their very best when they're taking pictures and all that but you are greatly influencing this person on an intellectual level on a spiritual level and on an emotional level so this is why I always do my best to even encourage young people who listen to this podcast episode. If you are not at a level of maturity to even consider marriage, to be in your picture in the future, you have no business to be dating. And I know some people nowadays say, you know, dating is not just for marriage. Dating is just to get to know people to a certain degree. Yeah. But, however, there should not be any type of romantic, uh, you know, an emotional attachment going on. And especially no physical attraction going on if that is the case, right? Because we see often when marriage is not even the end goal of getting to, to know this person by dating them, ultimately, you can begin to see that relationship is not going to be able to be sustained for a very long time. And this is why you have individuals breaking up after a few months, some after a year or two, right? And some even after many years has passed by, which is not a good look either because that shows that so many time was wasted, time that could have been used to really be in a committing relationship 
that would have evolved to a thriving marriage that would have produced fruit. Amen. And so I want us to quickly go ahead back to John 15 because there's a particular there's particular scriptures I want to go ahead and bring to your attention attention, especially the ones that I told you to highlight. Let's look at verse five, the latter part of verse five. Jesus says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Jesus is showing to us reciprocity right here. I know many of us, you know, we love uh, uh, to listen to the song, Reckless Love and uh, the love of the Father chasing after us, chasing after us, after us, excuse me, no matter what we've done, no matter. But here we see Jesus is painting to us reciprocity and the importance of reciprocity. I'm going to say this again. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, it didn't, he didn't just say, um, if I remain in you. Did you guys catch that? <laughs> Jesus didn't just say, if I am you, if I remain in you. No, 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 no. He says, if you remain in me and I am you, you see partnership is involved. He says, you will bear much fruit. So when it comes to the context of marriage, there must be an agreement, there must, there must be reciprocity, right? in order for that marriage to bear much fruit and also in order for you within that marriage to bear much fruit. You see, the beauty of marriage, of a healthy marriage, not only are you guys bearing fruit together, but because in fact you are married, you are also going to bear much fruit individually as well because of the contribution that your partner has given you within that marriage. And so even when it comes to the individual individual work that you do outside of your marriage, even when it comes to the type of career that you have, you will begin to see you bear much fruit in your career. Why? Because the husband that you have in your life, he is the one that's continuously challenging you to grow within that career. He is the one that's continuously highlighting to you your strengths, and what you are capable of doing and vice versa when it comes to the wife. The wife in your life, she is the one that is even helping you to bear fruit in your career and other areas in your life, even when it comes to fitness. Amen. And so it's so critical for us to recognize and understand that relationships and marriages can only thrive and flourish when there is reciprocity and when to, we go back to the very beginning of what the Bible told us, even in Genesis chapter two, verse 22 to 24, as we read, Adam recognized Eve was flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. He recognized that Eve came from him. And this is the same picture we see Christ is talking about when it comes to us as his disciples, as his church. He wants us to remain in him because we came from him. The Bible lets us know that apart from Christ, we are nothing and we can't do any good thing. The Bible lets us know everything, you know, everything that came to being was because of him, right? He is the one that holds us uh, together. He is the one that has caused us what? To have life. Amen. And so there has to be that divine unity. There has to be that unity between the husband and the wife in order for that relationship, in order for that marriage to last. 
until it lasts the test of time. Many people that you see are in relationships. They are not completely unified. Yes, we recognize that phrase, uh, two becoming one, but do we really understand what it means? It means for us to be unified as one. It means for us to be unified as one, not just when it comes to the honeymoon, but for you to be unified as one, right? When it comes to what it is that you give to that other person for them to, again, bear fruit in every area of their lives, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, physically, right? Even when it comes to their health, their physical health, their mental health. And so you partner with that person, not just so they can help you to do life, but also for you to help them to do life. But unfortunately, nowadays, it's like people just want somebody to just help them to do life. While they go ahead and just live their life. And the person now just is some type of, I don't know, someone that's just carrying the load, which is nothing wrong with that. The Bible lets us know we have to carry each other's burden, but there, there, there is an insignificance there. There is a, um, there is an inequality there, right? But marriage has to be about equality, not inequality. Again, we see even Jesus in John 15, he shows us reciprocity. Yes, there are seasons and times where the one partner is going to be weaker than the other partner. We get that. But ultimately, there is reciprocity. Reciprocity has to be in the picture for healthy marriages to exist, for healthy relationships to exist. And so I just want to encourage, especially for those of you who are married, what will you do this day forward to be more united to your partner? And one example I can go ahead and give you, or one suggestion I can go ahead and give you, is to just show you the example of, even when it comes to a car, you know what happens when we do not give our cars maintenance, right? When we are not checking the, the oil tank, when we're not checking the water tank, we're not checking to see if we have enough gas in that car, what happens is that that car begins to what? it begins to lose its uh, value, it's gonna break apart, it's not going to be able to run the way that it's supposed to run, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna become damaged, it's gonna get damaged. I want you to view your marriage in that lighting as well. I want you to view your marriage in a way where you have to make sure you do maintenance within your marriage in order for that engine to keep on running and not just run in a manner where you're hearing so much noise and ruckus all the time, but you would hear that engine running smoothly. And the only way for that engine to be running smoothly is for us to make sure that we are doing regular maintenance within that car. If you see in society, often people try to do the maintenance when they are almost about to see the marriage fall apart or 
Some people, they go ahead and do the maintenance before the marriage, which is um, you would call marriage counseling. But if you think about it, if many people have been doing the maintenance even prior to even getting marital counseling in preparation for the wedding day, right, in preparation for the marriage, we would be much better off when that season, that time comes to be married and to be in marriage. But however, the good news is if you are married, you are still able to do maintenance on a regular basis. I believe the reason for so many toxic relationships as well and marriages is because many couples have not been doing regular maintenance in their marriages. They have not been doing check-ins within their marriage to see how their partner is doing holistically. How are you doing emotionally, my dear, right? How are you doing today? You know, those conversations are very important. Because honestly, y'all, that's what marriage is about. It's about having a partner in life where you can discuss everything that concerns you. Yes, we recognize that they will never be able to be our God. But however, we recognize if we have married the person that God has for us, that individual is truly a gift from God to us for us to know that we will never be alone. And we do have a physical advocate that we can see. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. Yes, he's our counselor but you can't see him. And one of the things about being human is that though you have faith in God and you believe he exists, but yet you still want to see a physical individual that you can talk to, that you can fellowship with, that that you can do life with. And that is why counselors exist, right? Therapists exist, right? And that is why God even made community as well. God wants us to be in community. He wants us to have godly community because he being all powerful, all knowing, right? He being God, he knew that we would still need human beings that looks just like us, that we can see in the natural to be able to confide in as well and to be able to receive encouragement and support from. And so y'all, I pray and hope you were blessed by this episode. If you were blessed by this episode, then I recommend you to go ahead and share it with a friend. And I'll talk to you guys soon on our next episode. And remember y'all, all things are possible in Christ Jesus. Until next time, this was your sister in Christ, JLP. Peace out.